as we're sitting here talking today, I need you to do me one favor. Either go to your calendar app or get a pencil, pen, marker, something so you can mark your calendar for these five games that you cannot, cannot miss during this year's upcoming football season. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. And I appreciate you for going on this journey with us. Make it Locked On HBCU, your first listen of the day, every day. And remember... Just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. So today's episode actually ends with a little bit of fusion between my two jobs. You have the fact that I am a current contributing writer at USA Today Saints Wire and the Locked on HBCU host. So we're going to discuss Shaq Davis and his odds of making the Saints 53-man roster. This is a hot button topic, not only with a lot of HBCU alum who want to know what's going on with our HBCU players in the league, but then also with in the Saints. Like this is the idea that people are getting a little excited about. So I want to address that. I was even actually asked about it um, in the comments of an episode not that far ago. I think yesterday's episode, actually. And the first game that I want to highlight is North Carolina Central versus Howard. With this game, I'm first off a little irritated that it's not on any ESPN platform. I think that it should actually be on one of the ESPN U321. Like, I think it should be on one of those platforms. But it's not even on ESPN+. Plus. Not according to the Central website. Not according to the Howard website. It's not on ESPN+. Plus. And that's a disappointment because you do need to circle November 11th. Whether you're just keeping up with the game or if it ends up getting added to the ESPN Plus slate, you need to make sure that you're checking out this game. Um, there's certain preseason narratives that I am firmly entrenched into believing. And one of those is that North Carolina Central and Howard are not only the top two teams in the SWAC, I mean, excuse me, in the MIAC, but they are the two teams who are fighting for the number one spot. And when I say that, it might sound like the same thing. I mean, it's those two at the top, and then it's a gap before everybody else. Not just those two at the top, and we think, no, if anybody else wins this conference, I would be shocked, but I'd be a tad bit surprised. These are one of the two teams I think are going to win. So with that being said, this could be an unofficial MEAC championship game. I think that North Carolina Central is going to be inspired because Trey Oliver already took a shot back, returned fire at, at Howard head coach Larry Scott. I think it's important to say return fire, to say shot back so that we understand where this initiated at. And that was Larry Scott on the Jeff Lightsey show basically saying that because they beat the team that beat North Carolina Central, there should be a MEAC championship 
I didn't agree with that. I don't think that was a, uh, it just didn't really make sense. It wasn't a sensical opinion to me, but overall is what it is. He said what he said. And I think that Howard, you've already heard players talking about this. It doesn't really matter if North Carolina Central is in contention. It doesn't really matter if Howard is contention is in contention. I think both of these teams want to beat the other. One, North Carolina Central wants to beat the other because the Howard head coach was talking. But then I think that Howard just, if North Carolina Central ends up being the worst team in the conference, Howard still is going to want to beat them to get the taste of last year out of their mouth. That was a bad loss. And I appreciate the fact that it was pretty late in the season because this whole idea of, I'm not my real self. Injuries happen throughout the year. So I don't care if you're missing pieces. Yes, it gets a little bit harder towards the end of the season, but anywhere within the season, you can have injuries. So injuries aren't really a strong argument for me as far as, oh, we're not our, at our fullest strength. That's just going to happen. That could have happened at any moment. But there's this certain premise with FAMU versus Jackson State from the last couple of years more so two years ago because last year was a really bad loss for the Rattlers. But it's been this idea that, oh, fam, you wasn't their fully realized self, and if we would have played later in the season, we would have won. I think it's a credible argument. I don't know if it's true, but it's a credible argument that, okay, it took us a little time to be who we are, especially in college. That's a stronger argument. Like you see teams lose on the FBS level early in the season and still end up ranking higher because of the idea that you've improved, right? So I get it. But I ain't trying to hit that. I, I, I don't. That's not a reasoning that I really want to hear. It's something that's like, okay, bro, like, let's kill all of the doubt. End of the season, you are who you are. November 11th, Howard is who they are. Central is who they are. But speaking of Jackson State and fam, you that's the next game that I wanted to highlight. And I kind of felt like this was cheating. Because I had certain qualifications that I wanted to be met. So there's no Bayou Classic on here. There's no Swack Miak challenge on here because you're already watching those games. Those are the games that are on national TV. Those are the games that are already in your face because they're sitting there alone. This game sits here alone as well, but it's on a Sunday where it is kind of sandwiched in with other stuff. I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, but I also didn't feel right not putting this game on the list. And it's September 3rd. Is that September 3rd? It's either the 3rd or the 4th. Let me make sure. Let me do what you should be doing right now and pull your cap app up. It's the 3rd. September 3rd is a Sunday. You want to make sure that you are circling this game. And this game is important for a couple of reasons. For Jackson State, it's the way to say that we're still here in the SWAC. Does Jackson State play in week zero against the Bulldogs? Yes, they do. And will that say a lot about how we view Jackson State? 100%. I've said this before. I think that those first three games for the public perception of who Jackson State will be in 2023 are imperative. You have South Carolina State, FAMU, Southern, all three equal opportunity games. I think that's going to be very important to how everybody else perceives them. But I really don't care what happens in week zero. That doesn't matter. That's an irrelevant game. If they don't do anything, other than get the kinks out, that is a success. Right, let's let's say that Jackson State loses. All right, people are going to say Jackson State's fell off. But if Jackson State comes back and beats FAMU, nobody in the swag better be talking that. You better have everybody in the MEAC saying that if we face Jackson State, we'll beat them again in the Celebration Bowl. But nobody in the swag better be saying Jackson State fell off. Because the way that I look at it is that this is the game 
to come back and say, we're still kings. We're still going to be the team that runs this. I don't care what happened the week before because that doesn't impact anything. But you do have a week zero game, kind of a warm-up game, against a team that is an equal opportunity, FCS competition. You're not tuning up against a smaller squad. You're not going against a bigger squad who's tuning up against you. You're going against an equal opportunity, two FCS teams, so you can really assess how your squad is looking. T.C. Taylor can really get things underneath him. He has a week to prepare. I think that this is actually a blessing in disguise for Jackson State for where they are to be able to have a week zero game against South Carolina State where they can really just find themselves. But far as FAMU goes, it's not about saying I'm still king. In a way, it's about getting over a hump. I don't know. Like, if Jackson State wins against South Carolina State and wins convincingly, and then FAMU wins, yes, this might be a way to announce that we are king. But if Jackson State struggles at the beginning of the, of the season, I don't think I'm ready to crown FAMU for beating JSU. But I will say this, this is a hump that you need to get over. You haven't been able to beat Jackson State the last two times you faced off in the SWAT. We're not able to beat Jackson State prior to that either, and I know that because Jackson State fans won't let anybody forget that they beat them before Prime came. They won't let anybody forget that, so I won't forget it. But September 4th, excuse me, September 3rd, I'm circling my calendar. I got my marker. I'm circling my calendar because either Jackson State is going to remind people, or not even remind people, but tell people that things haven't really changed. Or fam, you is finally going to get over the hump that has been in their way since entering the SWAC, and that is Jackson State. It's the first game of the season for the Rattlers, second game of the season for the for the uh, for the Tigers. But this is the game that you must watch. November eleventh, September third. Make sure your calendars are circled. But we're not done. We have a couple of SWAC West showdowns and another MEAC game as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Keep that calendar app up. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. And just like a championship team, your car needs all of the right parts to function. You can't have the wrong part here, the wrong part there. You can't have a faulty part here. You do that, you ain't winning those championships. You do that on the car, way worse. Now, the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors and put your car in the garage. So you just say what type of car you have, and they're going to give you the parts that are set for you. So you search up, I need an alternator. They're going to give you an alternator that is fit for your, your Cadillac, right? So it's just that simple. eBay's, eBay's guaranteed fit means that it will fit you no matter what or you get your money back. It's just that simple. And they have over 120 million parts. So it's easy to bring home the win with eBay Motors. Right parts, right fit, right price. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Check out Locked on ACC, Pac-12, as long as it still exists, Big 12, Big 10, and then also SEC because they have the ultimate college football preview on all of those conference shows. Make sure you're checking that out. Now, right here, we're doing our own HBCU season preview. This is our ultimate college football preview because I'm breaking down the five games that you need to go ahead and pull out your marker in ASMR style circle those games on your calendar. 
pull out your calendar app if you're on your phone. Just make sure you're not driving. I would hate to knock on wood. So anyway, the next game that I want to circle, because I have a couple of SWAC West showdowns in here. The next game that I want to circle is November 4th, Southern versus Alcorn. For many people, this is a potential SWAC West championship game. I think that any game that TSU, Southern, or Alcorn plays against each other has the potential to being a SWAC West championship game. I've said this before. I know that Alcorn and Southern are the top two teams on paper. Those are the two teams people are really expecting to duke it out. But I feel something special going on at TSU, and I'm going to push them into the third. They have to be in that conversation. That's all I'm saying. I think they need to be in that conversation. Alcorn and Southern could both potentially have new starting quarterbacks from last year. You're looking at Harold Blood will be the quarterback for Southern. I think that Tyler Macon will probably be the quarterback for Alcorn. It feels like those are the type of things that I'm hearing from Alcorn people. Should be a good matchup. It's November 4th. It's late in the season. We'll know who they are once again. But then also, it's the beginning of a really tough stretch for both of those squads. Alcorn goes Southern, TSU, Jackson State. Southern goes Alcorn, PV, Grambling. So they play each other. Then they play the Texas teams. And then they have their rivalry game. That's a tough three-game stretch. Each of these teams could go one and two in that stretch. Honestly. Just being real. Like, let's say they beat this team. Like, they say Southern beats Alcorn. They could easily lose to PV and Grambling. Same with Alcorn if they beat Southern. So this is a matchup that I'm really looking forward to. And I could have circled any of the games with TSU in those other two squads, especially Southern, because they need to get their lick back. They ain't done it in two years. And it's something I can feel a little prideful about. But when it came to TSU, I had another game that I wanted to circle. September 2nd. September 2nd, and I don't need my notes for this. I typed some stuff down, but I don't need my notes for this. You have Texas Southern versus Prairie View, Labor Day Classic. And if you're like me and you drank the Texas Southern Kool-Aid, which wasn't difficult, I was very parched. So, it, yes, please give me some of the Kool-Aid. I, I, I appreciate it. If you like me and you believe that there's something special going on at TSU, if you like me and you believe that TSU should have championship aspirations in 2023, I think they need to beat Prairie View. Doesn't matter in the long run, you can lose to Prairie View and you can go on to have a very successful season. It happened last year. They could have made the SWAC championship game despite losing to Prairie View last season. But for me, if you want me to believe, if you want me to continue to believe, you need to beat PV. It's been too long. If you don't, if you don't defeat Prairie View, then I'm going to feel like it's just more of more and more and more of the same. That's the way that I'm going to feel. This is a very important game. You want to break the streak? I messed with Trazon Conley about that, but I'm serious. This is the year that you need to break the streak. This is the year that we're questioning if Andrew Body can ascend. This is the, the year that everything is supposed to be different. And you need to set the tone. I think that will set the tone for the confidence within the team and the confidence within the fan base. I can guarantee you that if Texas Southern beats Prairie View, it'll be a much big, bigger deal for the Tigers than if Prairie View was able to beat TSU. I can guarantee you that. Give you a little personal story on why it is so personal. Because I've broken down why it's a game, right? Like, yes, this is personal to me, but this is also a game that you need to watch because TSU is an ascending team. Prairie View is a team that is on a mission to prove that they're being slept on. Both of these teams are out here to make a statement. 
to many people, I think that each team would make a statement with a victory. Within the fan bases, it'd be much stronger for TSU. But this is not some one-sided type of competition in 2023. Well, the reason this is personal is because it has been one-sided all the prior years. The streak has been a very one-sided streak. Add that to the fact that we've had these stupid beat PV shirts. They're probably still doing it. They're probably still making beat PV shirts. I don't know. I'm, I probably have mine. Let's see. I've never worn this shirt since my freshman year, but I keep it because it was free. I haven't worn that shirt since my freshman year, maybe my sophomore year. Tired of wearing a shirt for something we can't do. So I'm hoping that Texas Southern allows me the opportunity to wear that shirt with pride again. Now to my last game. <laughs> to my last game, you have South Carolina State versus Morgan State, November 11th. So you have two of the MEAC games on November 11th. You have two of the SWAT games on the same weekend. So the, the dates that you need to circle, September 3rd, September 2nd, November 4th, November 11th. And make sure you put two games on November 11th, both are MEAC shots. The Bulldogs and the Bears are my two surprise teams. Those are my two teams that, hey, if something, if somebody was to come out of the out of nowhere and they were able to win, I think we one of those teams. I had a couple of Bulldogs tell me that I'm being disrespectful by calling them a surprise. I respond a lot to comments in the show. So I hope those who leave the comments are everydayers so that you're back. Because sometimes I don't remember the name. But somebody was like, man, we we went uh we went half of the season with half a deck and a freshman starting at quarterback. I get it, man. No disrespect to you. I just think Howard and North Carolina Central are the two top teams. But I do think that the Bulldogs have the potential to surprise people. So you have that. And this same with Morgan State. I'm interested to see what happens with Damon Wilson in year two. When you look at our MEAC preview, which was Monday's episode, go back to Monday's episode. That was a really good one. I enjoyed that a lot. It's not often that I break down the MEAC in that much detail, right, for a full show. You go back to that Southern, or excuse me, Morgan State, South Carolina State, those are two of the teams I had major questions about, and I labeled both of them as potential surprisers. So those are my five games. Those are my five games. Yes, South Carolina State versus Morgan State, Texas Southern versus PV, Southern versus Alcorn, Jackson State versus FAMU, and North Carolina Central versus Howard. Now, moving forward, we're going to go to the NFL because Shaq Davis, Shaq Davis has looked good for the New Orleans Saints, but now the question becomes, can he make the 53-man roster? I will outline his route to it and then whether or not it's likely as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I think there's a stigma around therapy that you need to be just something's wrong with you if you go to therapy and that's not the case that's not the case at all sometimes you just need help navigating through certain situations sometimes you need help with certain decisions in your life doesn't mean you're messed up sometimes you just want to be your best self all of those things are true and i think that we should push to getting rid of this stigma around mental health and that's why i like better help because it's all online it's all online 
and they also allow you to go through multiple therapists if you need it. You're going to fill out a questionnaire and you'll get a therapist that is suited for you. But if, if it turns out that that guy or that girl is not suited for you, you get another one free of charge. No one's making you commit to this person full time. So go ahead and knock down that stigma and go to betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on college. And you'll get 10% off your first month. Let therapy be your map with better help. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making all the way to segment two. And I thank you three times for that. And I have a really fun opportunity here. And, you know, I kind of wish that I would have done it in segment two, but we had our two games to watch. Couldn't do that or five games to watch. And it took two segments. So I couldn't do that. But this is a question I was recently asked in the comments of a show. How I feel about Shaq Davis. Everybody know I'm a Saints fan. You know, I write for the Saints with USA Today. This is what I do. This is what I love. And now, and I also am a host of Locked on HBCU, which is what I do and which is what I love. So to be able to bring those two things together, it's a good opportunity for me. And I'm happy about it. Now, the Shaq Davis and the question at hand. If I had to go a scale of one to 10, what's the likelihood that Shaq Davis makes the roster, the 53-man roster? With 10 being the highest, I'm probably saying a five. Real non-committal. This is the route. This is what's going on with Shaq Davis. Shaq Davis has looked good in the first two preseason games. I think that, I'll say four, because I think the most likely spot for him is to be on the practice squad. That's what I think. I think that Shaq Davis in 2023 will be a practice squad player for the Saints who gets called up occasionally. The key will be how many wide receivers do the Saints keep. You're going to keep three for sure. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed. All three are healthy at the moment. You're going to keep all three. Cool. We know that. The question then becomes, do you keep five or do you keep six? If they keep six, I do think that Shaq Davis makes the roster. But most times, an NFL team will keep six wide receivers because one is a return man. And when I say one, I don't mean like she, like Shahid's the return man. He's number three, though. Most times it'll be a guy who only made the team because of his return ability, and occasionally he plays wide receiver. That's not Shaq Davis. That's not A.T. Perry, who was another uh, rookie wide receiver for the Saints. And that's not Keith Kirkwood, who I think is also going to make it. Traquan Smith has been dealing with major injuries. We haven't seen him in weeks. He hasn't been a part of the preseason. After a really strong start to training camp, he hasn't done any preseason work. I think that that's going to cost him. I think that Keith Kirkwood has looked good and he has been treated a certain kind of way as if he's going to make the roster. Once again, the question comes down, are you going to keep five? Or are you going to keep six? If you keep five, you have your three. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed. If I'm saying that Keith Kirkwood is treated a certain kind of way, I think he is going to be guy number four. And if he can block the way that Traquan Smith can block, and he's actually showing out during the preseason, it's not like Traquan Smith has done too much to entrench himself. Traquan Smith is the same guy that before preseason, before the training camp period, 
we all thought he was going to be gone. So Keith Kirkwood coming in and beating him out for the spot due to Traquan not being healthy enough to retain his spot. I don't know if that's too much of a loss, but you'll probably still keep it with the veteran guy. The next player is A.T. Perry. I think that A.T. Perry makes this team at five wide receivers because they draft him with a six-round pick. They had a lot of high hopes for him. He's a player who I think a lot of people felt was a steal within the draft, and he showed out in week one of the preseason. This is a very difficult decision, but I think that is how it will go if you keep five. If you keep six, then the question becomes, because I've, I've heard certain similarities between A.T. Perry and Shaq Davis. What about the similarities between Traquan and Keith Kirkwood as far as being the veteran guy? Do you feel the need to then bring back Traquan and Keith Kirkwood on the same team? I would understand it. I don't know. But then you have a higher upside. This is my thing about Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry versus Keith Kirkwood and Traquan Smith. I understand and I respect getting a veteran. But Will you choose upside over ceiling? I'll give a little bit of an example with no names and no actual teams. But a friend of mine and I were on the phone last night during our fantasy draft. Man, that's my good friend. I don't care, bro. I'm going to help you out. Turns out we play each other week one in fantasy, but it is what it is. And we were talking about backup defenses. Like, bro, I'm not worried. Your backup defense, he had two teams. I said, I think one has a higher ceiling. I think one has a higher floor. Which one are you going to go? He shows the higher ceiling and i think that traquan smith and keith kirkwood are high ceiling players at perry and shaq davis are high or excuse me perry and davis are high ceiling players but i believe that traquan smith and keith kirkwood are high floor players you know what you're getting in them you can trust in what you're getting in them and that's kind of lined up with what the saints have valued this year but at some point i do think you need to get players who have high upside and can develop into something that's why I believe you keep A.T. Perry because you had a higher investment in him, but you paid Shaq Davis a good amount of money as an undrafted free agent. You're going to want to bring him in on your practice squad. And if he does, an injury does arise, I believe that he is the guy who you're going to go out and say, all right, come back up. I need you to back the one game. Shaq Davis has a bright future. He showed in the second preseason game where he made some really good catches. He made some really good catches and he put himself on a radar in a way that made people talk about him. He was already discussed, but in the second preseason game, Shaq Davis elevated himself to a must discuss player, right? You have to talk about Shaq Davis. I just wonder, will the Saints take that risk of having two really young wide receivers? Will the Saints even add six wide receivers? I think that they already come in with more faith in A.T. Perry and he went ballistic in game one. Shaq Davis, you have faith in him. And he went ballistic in game two, but I think he had to be much better than A.T. Perry. And because I don't think he has been much better than A.T. Perry, I think that he'll end up being a practice squad player with the potential to be elevated during the season. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Genuinely, I do appreciate that. It gave me the chance to be able to mash in the Saints and HBCU content together in a way that I haven't been able to do since draft season, really. So I appreciate that. And tomorrow is football time. It's time to get into the game of the week, the Swack Meak Challenge. Jackson State versus South Carolina State. We'll have our three matchups, our two storylines, and our key to victory for both teams. And I think our key to victory is going to be low-key the same, just inverse and flipped of each other. But until then, until tomorrow, the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed.
Peace. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily.